Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Hello and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. I'm Alan Montecilio. So where I live in San Francisco, there's usually a good amount of traffic almost any time of day. And at least once a week, I see a specific kind of vehicle on the road with some kind of black sensor thing on the top of it. If you've seen one of these in your neighborhood, you probably know what I'm talking about. These are self-driving cars. And lately, it seems like there are more and more of them out there. So today, we're sharing an episode of Bay Curious that explores this very thing, why it feels like there are so many self-driving cars on the road. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I like to imagine the future with driverless cars. You summon a car for your ride to work, and at precisely the right time, an all-electric vehicle arrives outside your home. When you get inside, you can put your feet up, meditate, call a friend, answer emails, watch TV, whatever your heart desires. There are no slowdowns because there are no accidents. These cars have a perfect driving record. In some scenarios, you won't even have the hassle of owning a car with its insurance premiums and annual registration fees. They'll be a communal good 
and we'll need a lot fewer of them so we can turn parking lots into parks or housing. Street parking turns into bike lanes or parklets or nicer sidewalks. In this future, which admittedly I might be viewing through some rose-colored glasses here, but the convenience and the privacy of cars gets married with the efficiency of public transportation. I, for one, am ready for this utopian driving experience. But for now, we've got streets full of test vehicles. San Franciscans may be particularly tired of them because for years, the city has been one of the most popular testing grounds for automated vehicles in the nation. These cars are easy to spot. They wear an exoshell of gadgetry, sensors surveying the landscape. They also drive really, really slowly. Today's question asker, Lenore, noticed one company in particular has been testing in San Francisco a lot. Waymo, a.k.a. Alphabet, a.k.a. Google. Lenore feels like their white SUVs have been just taking over San Francisco streets in recent months. And she wrote into Bay Curious to ask, why? Today on the show, we'll answer that question and get an update on where things are with driverless technology. Is my driving utopia right around the corner or decades away or just a fantasy? I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. Our question asker, Lenore, wanted to know why there are so many Waymo cars on the road suddenly. Bay Curious reporter Christopher Beal looked into it for us. Hey, Christopher. Hey, Olivia. You know, I have to say right at the top that the most fun part of making this story was actually getting to go on a ride in an automated vehicle. Not something many people have had a chance to do yet. Should we get in the back here? Waymo has this new trusted tester program, and I took a ride with a representative who ordered the car on her phone, and within a few minutes, our white custom Jaguar I-Pace pulled up, and we hopped in. Do you want to do the honor and push the big blue button? Oh, yeah, sure. I hit the big blue button on the screen, and off we went. The idea of the computer driving was a little unsettling, but only for a second. And once we got going, the whole drive actually felt smooth and safe, and the whole experience was sort of futuristic. I know it's not flying cars, but I can't help but think about the Jetsons when I think about driverless cars. Why do these cars seem to be everywhere in San Francisco right now? Well, I live in San Francisco and I totally agree with Lenore. These cars are everywhere you look, especially if you're actually looking for them. You'll find Waymo and other companies in the city these days, as well as places like Mountain View and Palo Alto. And what these cars are actually doing is testing driverless technology and feeding data to an algorithm that ultimately drives the vehicles. This testing, while definitely more visible now, has been going on for more than 20 years here in California. The first test was in 1997, and this guy was there. I'm Steve Schladover, and I've been doing research of various kinds on road vehicle automation for almost 50 years. Steve works with California Partners for Advanced Transportation Technology at UC Berkeley. We did a major demonstration in San Diego on the I-15 HOV lanes. The AV technology back then looked a lot like adaptive cruise control on modern cars, but it was groundbreaking in those days. In the time since that early demonstration, testing has continued and the tech has evolved to a much more advanced form that we see in action today with little to no human intervention. Waymo, which Lenore specifically noticed, has been testing in the Bay Area for about 
12 years, but they've recently started testing at a higher concentration in the city, as have several other companies. According to the California DMV, the amount of registered autonomous vehicles in California is up from around 900 cars last November to just over 1,400 cars today. The California Public Utilities Commission says that eight companies like Argo AI, Cruise, and Zooks are licensed to use driverless tech, and each of these companies is working on its own technology and algorithms and their own business models. Now, I remember when the first driverless cars started to show up on public streets some years ago, and I remember thinking, you know, wow, like the future is almost here. We're going to have driverless cars. How, after all this time, are we still just testing? Because math. Okay. (laughs) The algorithms that drive these cars are extremely complex, and a ton of data is needed in order for the cars to be able to react to real-world driving situations. And despite years and years of data gathering, Alexander Bayan from the Institute of Transportation Studies at UC Berkeley says the algorithms just aren't quite ready to work on their own yet. And the key of the algorithms is that in order to be efficient, they need to have a pretty big database of, you would say, like learning examples. And that's why you see so many of them collecting that data right now, because uh, we're not to there yet. The more these cars drive and scan and analyze, the better they'll perform, theoretically, when they're running without a human to take control. Steve Schlatt over again. The driving environment is super complex. When you think of all of the other vehicles on the road, all of the pedestrians, all of the cyclists, things falling off trucks, badly maintained road surfaces, wide variety of weather conditions, different lighting conditions, to have a system that's able to respond to all of those at any time and in any combination is incredibly complicated and difficult to do. And now you think about a system that's way more complicated than your mobile phone or your laptop computer or your tablet or anything like that. It's got to be able to operate in this hostile environment for these really long periods of time without making a serious mistake. I know I've had some close calls in my car. I think most of us who drive here have. California roads can be pretty gnarly. How safe are these automated vehicles right now? I felt pretty safe on my ride, but Steve Schladover has some concerns. There are going to have to be some minimum standards set so that riders who aren't specialists in this field can be given some reassurance that, okay, this is actually a safe system and the people who developed it know what they're doing. Um, But some of the companies that work in this space don't know what they're doing. And I don't suppose you would name them. No, no, not going to name them. The state does have a list of requirements companies must meet before a car can be permitted for public use, like having their testing methods certified and ensuring they're meeting industry standards for stuff like cyber attacks. But Steve told me that it's crucial for the state to work with the federal government on safety standards. He said the state can't ensure the safety of these automated driving systems entirely by themselves and that they're going to need the federal government to complement the state's protocols in areas where they need more authority and, frankly, more expertise. During the Trump administration, none of that work was done. There was no interest on the federal side, but he expects that that could change under Biden. All right, Christopher, now for the big question that is definitely on everyone's mind. Are we anywhere near seeing these cars drive around without a person supervising the automation? Someone in the driver's seat, basically. 
Sure, but the cars will have a lot of limits. Like here in the Bay Area, Alexander Bayan thinks that we'll start seeing sort of a ramp up of driverless passenger vehicles over the next few years. And so I think what we'll see is a gradual rollout of degrees of autonomy that will partly depend on the geography, the infrastructure, and the ability for the specific uh, agencies to say, for example, impose that just specific types of vehicles can do this in that geography. Now, as for full automation, like a driverless car that can go anywhere at any time, well, Steve Schladover says we still have several more steps to go. So that means not only driving here in the Bay Area, but driving up to Tahoe, driving up to Yosemite, the rural roads in Central California, going through the Bay Bridge toll plaza around sunset when the sun is shining straight in your eyes and you can't see the metering lights. Well, lots of challenges like that. I did ask Waymo, the California Public Utilities Commission, and the DMV when we can expect these cars everywhere, and none of them would give me an estimate. Steve Schladover's best guess for when a driverless, fully automated trip to anywhere will be possible? 2075. Or... Probably never. Wow. Right? It is worth noting that AV company Cruise is testing truly driverless rides around San Francisco right now with its employees as test customers, but they still have a few hurdles to overcome before they can roll that out at scale. Well, I guess we're going to have to get really comfortable with those test vehicles. Seems like they'll be around for quite some time. Christopher Beal, thank you so much. Thank you. One big question that transit advocates are asking about automated vehicles is, will they serve everyone equitably? Companies are sinking a lot of money into research and development, dollars they'll want to get back. If companies focus on high-end consumers or only run AVs in wealthier neighborhoods while neglecting poorer ones, they would be repeating problems of the past and present. Transportation is a key part of employment access, so the issue goes far beyond who gets some fancy new tech. Something to keep our eyes on. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Sebastian Mignobuccelli, Brendan Willard, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Have a great week. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 